Welcome. We're Phil and Jen, and this is our podcast. This is the fourth season. It's called This New Space, and this is the third episode of that season, and this one is going to be called When Your Faith Expands. And before we jump into that, we have been doing what we are calling coaching sessions, and coaching is... It's not therapy. It's something in between pastoral guidance and spiritual direction and counseling and really just holding an empathetic space where we listen and we collaborate together with with the people that we meet with. And so we've been doing relationship coaching, which has been really specifically working with dating, engaged and married couples and families who are looking to heal or who are just wanting some extra support. And we are coming alongside these people and providing tools and strategies for their relationships. And so we, uh, we give you homework. <laughs> and so in between sessions, we give you kind of some actionable items and things to do and be working on. And then we check back in um, at the next session. And so it's kind of a, a way to stay accountable, to make sure that you're really growing and, and making the changes that you want in your relationships. And what we're finding is, man, a lot of people are struggling in their relationships right now, coming out of this pandemic, coming out of being stuck in a house together for (laughs) months and months at a time. And um, it's just put a strain on a lot of our relationships. And so sometimes it can be helpful just to have an outside person come in and give some outside support. And we've been doing spiritual growth coaching as well. And obviously we're all on a spiritual journey and sometimes it can be helpful as we continue to grow and we have questions or we have doubts just to have a safe space to meet with someone and to process those things. And so a lot of people are finding themselves weary and uh, I think really disappointed with the status quo when it comes to their faith. And I think a lot of people are sure of what they don't want, but they're not really sure of what they do want or what's next for them. And so this can feel really tiring and lonely and kind of like you don't necessarily belong anywhere. And so what spiritual coaching can do for you is just provide that safe space to sort these things out, your faith, your doubts, your questions, and then discern next steps for your life. And so um, we're finding it can be helpful when you feel like you're stuck or when you feel like you want to keep growing in your spiritual life, but you don't know how, when you're finding truth in spaces outside of your traditional faith upbringing, but um, you aren't really sure how to integrate all truth into your life, when you want to hold on to to Jesus, when you see Christ everywhere in all things and you desire to embody like a resurrection kind of life in your everyday life, um, when your faith has evolved or grown and you just desire a judgment-free space to process that, or when you have doubts or questions about God or the Bible or how it's been interpreted and you just want some guidance or a safe space to talk about it. And so we absolutely love doing that. That's like such a sacred, special space for us and we found it's been a really life-giving space for others as well so that's the best really really fun um we also put out an audio recently i we're still in debate i'm calling it an audio book <laughs> but um, i mean it is five hours so five hours chapters mp3 audio in parentheses book of observations and commentary on what we've seen throughout the years between um Jen as a teacher in lots of different um, levels of teaching from <laughs> charter school to middle school to high school. Um, also, just 19 years of 
working with families in a pastoral setting as a youth pastor in a nonprofit, and then um, even as a pastor of a church, but also raising three humans of our own, we, we just noticed that there are a lot of similar questions and themes that arise when it comes to parenting. Um, and, and even like, how do we foster authentic faith lives in our kids, especially if our own faith is evolving and growing? Like, how do we help our kids foster their own integrated faith lives? Like, how do we pass on, how, how do we not pass on unhealthy things, but how do we right. help pass on healthy things? Um, what happens when, you know, our kids begin to individuate and talk back and disrespect or, or we so feel like pulling at 18 away from months. us? Or, right. um, what do we do with social media and phones and um, creating like tech safe environments in our home and I mean, like there's, again, it's five hours. There's 23 different sections, chapters in it. And our hope is to address difficult parenting issues to equip and empower people in their parenting journey and encourage you really in just like a path of intentionality with your kids and hopefully to inspire you to value your relationship first with your kids, to really just enjoy them. And you can check all that stuff out at our website, philandjenwood.com. And we got some other really fun things that we're getting pumped about coming out here soon. But for now, episode four, when your faith expands. So we're talking about, yeah, what happens when your faith grows, when it evolves, when it adapts, when it changes, when it, when it expands. Yeah. So what happens? What happens inside of you? What happens to your relationships, what happens, like it affects everything, right? When you grow, when you expand, especially when your faith is growing or expanding. And so we're talking about when you experience more, when you learn more, when you find yourself growing in your faith, what happens then? And our faith is such an interesting thing because it's so very, very personal. By definition, faith is this. Faith is Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. I looked this up, by the way. Strong belief in God or or in the doctrines of religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. So really, when your faith expands and you experience any kind of growth in your life, it's you're, it's already something that's so very personal. It's already something that can't really be, uh, you can't really put your finger on. Because it's something that you can't prove, right? It's your faith. It's it's a, something you're putting your trust in. And so we're talking about, like, how do you talk about that? What happens in that process? Can yeah. we even nail these things down? Is there a process? And what we have found is in our own life, just going through this many different times where we've grown in different ways in our faith, and just through walking with people through, like Phil said, like 19 years of just pastoring We've noticed there actually is kind of a process when yeah. you grow. And so we wanted to talk about that today. And many, um, I think many people, <laughs> when they grow or they find new information, I think the first thing that can happen, which is just, man, really normal, is you can become angry mm. and you can become frustrated. So you you learn more information about maybe the way that you were raised or the way that you we're told that things are, or you grow in your, you know, view of the Bible, or you grow in some theology and some way that you see things. And what can happen at first is you can 
it almost like it almost starts at this place of frustration. Like what? <laughs> well, it's, it's it's often like either something fails you, mm. yeah, or there's some kind of betrayal, or some kind of hurt, maybe, or some kind of new experience, or new learning, or some kind of new knowledge and information of like seeing more truth and more understanding that is just bigger than what you had before. So there's like a lot of ways that it can happen, whether it's something isn't working for you anymore or you're experiencing something more outside of the box of whatever the thing is that you are a part of. Yeah. So I, I, just, so I mean, I'm just throwing that in there. Yeah. So examples of that would be maybe, you know, you read some books and you learn some new things or you go to seminary and you learn more about there's more, maybe more expansive ways to view the scriptures than you thought, or you Maybe you have a friend who is quote unquote friend. Right. I know someone. <laughs> uh, I know someone. Maybe you have a friend who, you know, you have been going to church with and that person is treated a certain way and not allowed to, be, you know, maybe you have a friend who's a woman and she's wanting to be in a leadership position and she's not allowed to at you know, at the church that you're going to and that causes you to take a look at your views or maybe you I mean, there's all kinds of things. Or, okay, for me, it's often like history. So like when my um, dad passed away and my two brothers and I got together and we're swapping stories after, I learned all this new information that really oh, corrected yeah. my historical understanding of my father and my relationship with my father. Wow. And therefore, it yeah. like changed a lot of how I saw myself in the world. And it was a, like a shocker. And it like really adjusted things in me. And like similarly... Like, I mean, that can happen to so many people. You find out the family secret or you find out like, oh my gosh, I was adopted. Like, whatever. Like, there's all kinds of things that can happen. Or someone's had an affair and we didn't know it. Or like, there's like things that expose an historical understanding that you assumed just to be obvious. Yeah. And then it, it changes things. Yeah. And it really, so, so like, for me, like studying into the history of the, the Christian tradition and learning new things about the history of that tradition that's a, that's similarly like what like that that's an expander that's yeah. a changer yeah so maybe even before the the frustration it's almost like shock <laughs> maybe a little bit of denial it's almost like the exact same process i wouldn't say exact but it's similar to a grieving process i think um yeah so yeah i mean i remember when you would come home we've talked about this in other podcasts but when you would come home from seminary with all this new information at first i was like no 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 and then you would push on it a little bit more and push on it a little bit more until like my view wasn't holding like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Until it wasn't pushing. I was just sharing what I was reading mm -hmm. and learning about. It felt like pushing. <laughs> <laughs> just pillow talk, baby. And I'm so grateful actually that you didn't allow me to stay in that place because I didn't want to talk about those things because you, you know why? Because it was making me uncomfortable because it, I had to hold up my worldview and examine it and and I think this is a lot of us can relate. It's uncomfortable when you hold up your worldview and then you find out that things don't hold the way that you thought they did or yeah. that they don't work the way that you thought they did yeah. or that things are actually broader than you thought they were because there's, hold on. <laughs> you go, you go. No, there is some sort of, um, there's security in that like false sense of control or certainty. And when you take that away or you're forced to 
if you start to dismantle that a bit, it's, it's, it can be a, a disorienting, scary feeling. I remember reading. I don't remember where I read it. Some book I was reading. Hold on, like, you interrupted me for this and you don't <laughs> Had an aside about an archaeologist recently discovered the oldest fossilized human poop. And it was 50,000 years ago and like in a cave in Peru or something. And I'm like, You're what? But I remember thinking, that's a cool fact. And then I was like, but Jesus was 2,000 years ago. And Abraham was like, let's say 4,000 years ago, the Abrahamic tradition. Like, let's say monotheistic religion existed as a thing starting 4,000. 4, so, like, what were the humans doing for 46,000 years? You know what I mean? That right. expanded my brain so much right. that I just was like, whoa, that's a really bigger box than yeah. I anticipated. And I, I just closed the, the book. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, that's a bigger yep. box than I'm willing to open. Yeah. Like, I'm going back to my small box because that box was way bigger than I want to think about. Yeah, and that's right. I think a lot of times that's what we do is we just kind of shove the thing back in the box, and we're just gonna we're just gonna push that one to the side. Fifty thousand. But then poop. what happens is what you said is I think that's really interesting. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, which this is what I think is interesting is maybe that box is to the side and that works for you for a while, but then at some point it doesn't, and that's when you're forced to open the box back up again. Which I don't know about your example. No, I, I was <laughs> but, I was rereading some old journals from like five years ago and. I have all this stuff that I was thinking about with God and Jesus and Christianity and the tradition and all that. And then in the, the margin, I wrote 50,000 year old poop. Like it, it just came out like into that other, like it just all the, the, they start intersecting. There's an intersectionality right. of the things yeah. that, that you can't keep apart for long. Yeah. So I think first is like maybe denial, shock. And then at some point when you're ready you open that box and then you open the box and it can almost be like, Anger. it's not only disorienting, but sort of frustrating. It can make you feel angry. Like, why didn't they tell me this? Mm. Why didn't we know this? Why didn't we, why weren't we talking about this? Um, especially when you find out that God is actually a lot bigger than you were told. Like to me, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> why? Why didn't we? why not celebrate this bigger version of God? Why not? It's so much more expansive. It's so much more beautiful. It's so much more loving. Like I think at first we can feel frustrated and angry about when we are like pissed off. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Um, and then I think eventually what can happen is almost like this embarrassment sets in. That's like, a good next stage. Yeah. Like how could I not, stage. how could I not have known this or how did I participate in that? Or even like, oh man, we helped contribute to some of this, you know? And then I think what can happen <laughs> is sadness. There's this grief because even if it wasn't working for you, there's still a loss. Like I said, there's this loss and certainty that you thought you had, or maybe even feelings of betrayal from, be to from being told that things were one way and then you learn more. Well, it's almost like when a kid starts to move into adolescence and like a really sensitive mm. child will will be like there's a sadness that they're not a child anymore no or and, and they or, miss that like simplicity of like yeah. the child state or they miss like the comfort of just like ah teddy bears and like taquitos or whatever you know what i mean they miss the like simplicity of, of just 
of just play. Yeah. And innocence. It was kind of like that moment where you realize your parents aren't perfect. Oh, I mean, that all happens at the same time. Yeah. And then you, it's almost like there's a grieving, I think, in kids when they realize, I mean, we're perfect, so our kids haven't figured that out yet, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what is to figure out? But. But yeah, well, well, there's a loss there, right? But like even that stage where And the they, certainty. They're like smelling stinky and putting on deodorant and they've got like armpit hairs and they're like starting to shave, but they still sleep with a teddy bear. And you're like, there's there's this weird like in-between stage where they're holding on. Well, I don't know. But no, but there's almost a, the, to me, that's like. Not about the teddy bear, but. No, but, but, but that's part of the grieving. Whatever. The analogy went way too far. Yeah. Keep, I mean, sorry. Our boys don't sleep with teddy bears to be clear. <laughs> I wasn't talking about our kids. <laughs> Just making sure we're not outing <laughs> our boys in some weird way right there's now. There's no, well, no, there's no, I was thinking, I was being honest. There's no, no, there is a weird in between where, where when you're coming into, when you're becoming a young adult, you're still a child, but you're also like entering into, I mean, they're having, kids are having these like adult conversations now, younger and younger because of the technology, because of, you know, we can get into that whole thing. But I think what happens is, their little developing minds aren't quite ready for that. Yeah, so there's this grief in it. Like I remember even just having the sex talk with a couple, two of our children who are basically like, no, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to go there. Like I just want to be a kid. And some tears. We're kind of like, unfortunately, we need to have these conversations, you know? There's a grief and a loss of innocence. Yeah, and so I think there's a grieving that can last. And really that amount of time I think can be, so different depending on what it is that you are grieving, the ways that you're growing. And I think that that really just depends on the person. And what I found is just like any grief, it's not a straight line and it can, it can hit you out of nowhere. So you can be growing, growing, growing. You feel like you're done grieving the loss of the growth that you're having. Cause anytime you grow, there's going to be some loss. Like, like I said, like you're, you thought you had it figured out and now you have no more information. There's actually, there's always going to be some sort of loss when you grow. And obviously you obviously are going to be gaining something as well. Um, so yeah, I think what can happen is as you're grieving or as you're growing, it can hit you out of nowhere where maybe you have this thought pop in your mind and you're like, get frustrated as you think through like, I went through that or that happened or I participated in that, or I caused hurt by participating in this system this way. And then you circle back into the grief and the sadness about it. And it's almost like you have to deal with it all over again. And there can be feelings, even a frustration with yourself about the ways that you contributed to that way of being in the world with that belief or that, that understanding of God or that understanding of your faith. And And what I want to say to that, because I know that I have been really hard on myself in this area at times, were you doing the best with what you had Mm -hmm. at the time? Were you doing the best with what you had been given? And now that you know more and that you've experienced more, are you doing better? Because that's all that we can do, right? If you're doing the best with what you have, then what else can you do? And and I'm not saying that excuses behavior or, or that's not to say that you don't need to go back and apologize or make repairs maybe with some people. And I know that we've done that in our own life. And we're going to talk about that in future um, podcasts. But it's to say that 
we can only be here now. You know, we can only be present in this moment. And that's all that we can do is just do the best with what we have. Which is grace. Mm -hmm. There's just so much grace for it. And I think what that does is when you give yourself that grace, you can give your, you can give everyone grace. You know, it's that whole, um, you're including all of it, right? Like you can, you can say, yeah, that's not for me. And I know better now, but I also can love people where they're at. Because I think there's also a tendency as you grow to want to look back with judgment and with disdain. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's, and you see it, you see it all over the internet. I mean, people are like, as they're growing, they're like spewing all kinds of anger about the old thing or the, you know, thing they used to participate the thing in, they used to participate the thing in. that upset them or let them down or, yeah. And a lot of times we can be hurt, you know, in those um, old, you know, old systems, we can be hurt along the way. And so I understand people's pain in that too, but it's all part of the process. Yeah. And we've, we've seen it in us in different times that we've grown and we've seen it in others again and again that we've walked with over the years. And we're not even talking about yet <laughs> what happens with other people around you when you grow, which we're going to get to in a minute. Um, because when you ask questions and you challenge the status quo, or when you step out of the status quo, it can make people highly uncomfortable, to say mm. the least. Yeah. And we'll get there in a minute. But I guess just the encouragement as we're talking about this process is that it's worth it. And it is hard sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Like, I mean, there's a reason that it's called the dark night of the soul. And I think when you grow into a new phase of your spiritual development, there's a there's that liminal space that we've talked about in the past. And in that space, it can be dark and it can be um, confusing and you can feel really alone and you can feel really um, disheartened and you can question yourself in that space and you can feel like, am I the only one having these thoughts or am I, am I a heretic? Like, were they right? Am I on a slippery slope and I'm just falling down the hill and I'm just, I'm, that's it. I'm going to be done. I'm not going to have a faith anymore. I'm, I'm going off the deep end. And I just want to speak truth into you right now and say, none of that is true. It's just part of the process. And if you're asking the hard questions of God, God can handle your questions. And if you're taking a look at, you know, the way that you viewed scripture and you're finding it more expansive and more open and more free isn't that the heart of God? Like, aren't we, to me, that is the opposite of you falling down some slippery slope that we should all be so concerned about. You are leaning into the hard questions. And and to me, I'm like, that's all called spiritual maturity. Mm. And so if you're in one of those seasons right now that I mentioned, I mean, all of those embarrassment, sadness, grief, anger, disorientation, like none of that stuff is super fun. I just want to encourage you that it's part of the process We've seen it again and again, and that this whole story that that God, Jesus, Christ, is bigger and better and more expansive than you, than you could ever imagine, and it's worth it. It's worth it to ask the hard questions and to go through that process of growth because there's a different kind of freedom on the other side, and there's a different kind of there's a different thing when you can live aligned 
with what you know to be true about the world and that your when your faith aligns with that, man, it feels so good. So what else, Phil? Mm. Tell us about what happens with... Um, well, and, and I guess one other thing, you don't have to th- throw the whole thing out, right? Like just because you're questioning some of it doesn't mean you have to, it's not so black and white. We almost need a long process of allowing some of those shifts to settle in. And then, because there, there's this interesting grief and turmoil and process that happens as you're expanding. I mean, it's like the equivalent of... um when you grow, when you're a child, you get like birthmark, or not birthmark, you get like stretch marks on, like I have stretch marks on my back. And growing this, I pains. I went from 4'11 in seventh grade to six foot two by the time I was in um, 12th grade. And it hurt so bad that like it stretched me, like there's pain in it, mm. but you just need to give it space and time to settle out. Yeah. In the, in those wild, explosive, expansive seasons, like don't throw it out, just hang on, like hold it open, open-handed. And there's a, there's an experimentation. There's a, um, there's like a, a new freedom and joy that comes where you're holding things a little bit looser and you find things settle in in new ways on the other side of that process, as I found. Yeah, and I know for me in that season, it's helpful to ask a question like, what, what do I know to be true? Because sometimes in that season, it can feel like, well, what is in, what is even truth? And like, it can feel so disorienting, like spinny, like what, what do I even believe? And there are some things, no matter where you're at, I know that you could point out that are truth. And that can be helpful in a season like that. What is good? What is helpful about the faith that I've been, that I've held? What is true and good? And I know for us, like we're still holding on to Christ as a central, central driving force of our lives. And that's something that we've always known to be true. In, no matter what questions we've asked, no matter what um, frustrations or disorientations we've had in the midst of of growing and expanding. And so, yeah, it doesn't have to be like, I learned some new things about this and now all of it is bad. Yeah. Just a little encouragement there. Um, absolutely. But then there's what happens with other people around you when you are, when your faith is expanding. It's super fascinating because some people, as their faith expands, they pick up like a against energy or they're disdaining the thing that they have been a part of. And there's like an explicit sort of critique. And obviously there's going to be a response from that. And it creates all kinds of bad, bad juju and energy that is um, exhausting. And like, like there's a whole churches that are built on against energy there's whole movements and denominations that are built on against energy we're not like you so we're gonna make this new thing um there's there's a lot of against that creates all kinds of weird energy Um, but even if you don't do that and experience the the chaos of of others in in that sense of against or the defensiveness or the whatever kind of posturing you're, you're feeling um even if you just quietly do a new thing on your own with some friends just by the very nature of doing something different that's an implicit critique of something so there's like no way around it whether you explicitly are doing it or whether you're implicitly just doing something else it creates an energy and what's 
what's fascinating is is that like the human sort of way is that we in an evolutionary sense we were tribal people and we we want people to to like us and uh to like hold the tribe together and we were we were crafted over a very long time and developed to be the kinds of creatures that our brains like desperately desire uh, in an evolutionary sense the tribe to approve of us and to include us so that we can survive and now we live in this this new world where our brains in an evolutionary sense haven't quite developed beyond that where um, we don't need that tribe to survive in a in a physical sense um, where we're you know, fighting the elements and the wild animals or whatever, trying to find food. Like now it's, it's a, it's a different sense, but that same sense of survival is sort of built into it. And so what can happen as you expand is, is there's weird interactions that can happen with people. I mean, in an unhealthy sense, people want you to be like them, to be okay. Yeah. That's like tribalism. Yeah. I mean, I think we all do on some level, right? Like you want to at least find your people that you align with, right? Which is a healthy way of, of saying that. Um, but there's also <laughs> there's also the other well there's an unhealthy side yeah. where like it's what's happening in our society right now with the echo chambers that exist where we mm. like cancel culture everyone gets pushed away except everyone who's just like us so then all we do is reinforce our own small ideas as opposed to everyone else like it's it's the self-differentiated people who are able to be fully themselves but be fully in relationship with others that are different than them and think different than them but still be okay with them being themselves <laughs> that are the rare mature types which are wonderful people to be in, in relationships mm -hmm. and friendships with. Yeah. Um, but um, people that let you just be wherever you're at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're okay to be and love where, you fully. where yeah. they're at. But I would say it does something to the people around you when your faith begins to expand. It, whether it's explicit, whether it's implicit, yeah. whether it's just a tribal response from our you know, our shared heritage, whatever it is, it does something. And, and there's like a, a shift that happens where it can raise fears in you is the That's way that right. I would say it. Yeah. I mean, we have, we, Jen was talking about it already. There's the fear of, there's already just the fear of loss of like the comfortable and the known. And there's the grief that comes with that. Um, there's a fear of like the unknown of what you're stepping into if it's different and even of yourself. Like, what am I going to find in there? What am I going to find about God? Or like, what am I going to find out on the other side? Um, I used to always say reality is our friend. Whatever the truth is, it's just figured out. But that's true, but it's also can be really scary. Um, but then there's the fear of other people in the tribe because they get, things get things get a little uh, crazy. <laughs> Is yeah. what I'll say. Um, yeah. And especially if you're like me and you're a people pleaser and you just really want people to like you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have woo. We both have woo. In oh, our my fighting, gosh. Which is winning other people over, which is terrible. It's wonderful when you do and it's terrible when you can't no I mean, if you can't win somebody over if you have woo if you're familiar with the strengths finders, the finders yeah. yeah it's like an old personality test it's still don't call it old well, i mean it's still happening <laughs> i mean okay i think we did it in like 2003 well, you don't but gotta, all right you gotta date shame it it's still good all right it, i love it because it's so positive focuses on your strengths it's positive psychology so anyway people know what this is your top five 
apparently kind of defines your personality. And if you have woo, a person with woo is basically like a puppy dog. <laughs> I don't call myself a puppy dog. But no, but that's what they say. Is like you if, like to win people. No, over. if if but if people don't like you, you're like. You, you like go around the, and like, chase them like a little puppy dog. Chase them down the hall. Well, look at me, look but, at me. But I'm nice and I'm fun. And I'm like, you you do whatever you can to like win them over. You try every angle. But with, yeah. And it drives you crazy well, if you can't, right? That's the woo. But anyway. Even if you don't have the woo, there's there's a no, fear. No, everybody wants, yeah. There's a fear of, of like other people in the tribe. Okay, I'm going to add one more fear as we wrap this up. I think... That sometimes we can actually be scared of freedom. And I know that sounds really maybe ridiculous, but I think as we're growing and as we're stepping into maybe, I'll say it this way, as we're stepping out of what feels certain of the boundaries that we've been in. Or what was safe. Or what was safe or what was comfortable or what was known. I think that sometimes the freedom can almost feel like too much. Like it's actually such a free thing on the other side. Once you get through some of that fog in the beginning and some of the the process that we talked about, there's so much freedom on the other side, but almost, it almost can be like too much to handle, I think sometimes. And you want to return. It's almost like we were just talking about this, how we have felt so much growth, like exponential growth in the last like year, just Couple I of think a couple of years, but especially just having made so many changes in our life <laughs> in every way. I feel like we're just, we've grown like almost exponentially where it's almost like. It was like too much. Too much. <laughs> yeah, you know? We were talking about this today. And how we find ourselves looping back, almost like circling back into some of our old unhealthy habits or behaviors just to like just out of comfort. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we are actually scared to be free. Well, because there's so we, much open. It's like an open wide field. Why well, does we want to be told what to do and how to do it and just totally, keep it simple? Just put me back in the box. Yeah. But. I think of that movie Shawshank Redemption. Is that we cheesy? Just, we just showed it to the older boys. Are you laughing at me? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, they're in prison their whole life, 50 years. And then the old guy gets out. I forget his name. He had the crow. He had the pet crow. I love that movie. I remember the crow's name was Jake. I don't remember the guy's name. Dang it. Me neither. But he got out and he was he was like free, mm-hmm. but the whole world had changed. He, I remember him writing the letter and he's like, I remember there was, I heard about an automobile when I was a kid, but now they're everywhere. Like it was crazy. But he ended up wanting so bad to go back to the prison he tried to he like pretended to try to kill one of the inmates to be able to stay and that didn't work because he actually loved him and then he yeah he ended up killing himself in his his room hmm. and and then it showed another guy who was in there for 50 years which is obviously morgan freeman and he was in the same room as that guy and then he has that famous line where he's like get busy living or get busy dying and then he just <laughs> took off and made a run for it it's like yeah yeah there's i think there's a fear yeah. In freedom, because it requires a certain degree of ownership. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. Ownership of your life. And fully taking authority and owning it. That's what we always used to say. Mm-hmm. Like It's your life. It's your life. Take ownership of your own discipleship. Take ownership of your own spiritual journey. Take ownership of your own life. Yeah. And it's worth it. And... 
which was the invitation of the scriptures for freedom that he set us free. Yes. And it's wider and bigger and more inclusive and more loving than what you could ever imagine. It's the and kingdom. it's worth it. It's the kingdom, baby. That's what it is. <laughs> so there you go. That's what happens when your faith expands. If you're in any of those places, any of those stages, it's normal. If you feel like you're in a fog and it's a little bit disorienting, it's normal. If you feel like there's kind of some weirdness with the tribe you've been a part of, it's normal. If you find yourself looping back in, you're, you're two steps forward, one step back, it's normal. Yeah. It's all part of the process. Yep. So keep going. It's worth it. It is worth it. Yep. To live aligned and to live the truth that you know. And to and live free. To live free. And to actually take the thing seriously and keep following Jesus. It's worth it. Yep. And you're not alone. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, philandjenwood.com, for coaching, resources, and events. And if you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. You can even leave a review. Keep going. See you next time.